The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. And now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls, Nate Newton, and Bill Jones. And here it is, another beautiful morning in Oxnard, California. We're at the corner of Ventura and Vineyard. <laughs> Bill Jones and Mickey Spagnola, and this is mix shots as we look over our left shoulder my left shoulder maybe your right shoulder that is a blazing sun in the western sky or it's Every in the eastern day. it's in the eastern that's sky the but on the west coast sky. that's right there you go <laughs> we would have a real scoop if it was coming up in the west it's like every day here is a chamber of commerce day I it really swear is to god i walked out yesterday there wasn't a cloud in the sky it was blue it was Nice and windy, uh, nice and I should say not windy, and uh, I just went, son of a gun, these people live like this. You know what, my uh, sister uh, and her husband lived in uh, La Jolla for several years, and now, and, and for the last 25 years they've lived in Austin. The reason they left La Jolla is it got boring. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they wanted to change the seasons. And so they moved to Austin, like La, Austin has. La Jolla is like one of my favorite cities <laughs> in the United States. Right. Oh, my they, Lord. But she said after a while, you know, when you grow up in Texas and her husband in Oklahoma, you know, after a while you want to change the season. So it gets boring. I'll tell you what, that one year the Cowboys uh, – practiced uh, for uh, three or four days against San Diego, mm-hmm. we stayed in La Jolla. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. The uh, Chargers used to train in La Jolla. Yeah. Um, all right, so here we are, and it is, uh, <clears throat> it's day number five for us here. We're going we're gonna to count the travel day on Monday. <clears throat> we had practice number two yesterday. We'll have walkthrough number three today and practice number three tomorrow. <laughs> And then a day off on Friday because we all need rest. On on day oh, on, Sunday, on Sunday. On Sunday yeah. because we all need rest. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, geez, just what, two more, well, kind of one and a half more days of these mini camp practices. Uh, today's uh, kind of a walkthrough type deal. Uh, they'll get the, usually try to get the big guys off their feet uh, after a, a two day grueling practices out here. And by the way, if you are in the area, uh, there is uh, there are no fans here today. Tomorrow's the big day, right. the opening ceremony. Opening ceremony yeah. and then a day off and then put the pads on on Monday. So uh, so it, far so good, although as Brad Sham says, we come to training camp to find out who gets hurt and the Cowboys have already suffered at yep. least one uh, serious injury with Donovan Wilson. Uh, it's a. It was explained to me that uh, your calf has two muscles, okay. and he sprained uh, one of them up high, uh, where it connects behind your knee, and uh, sounds like uh, multiple weeks. Um, I've been told two to four, probably for sure. Uh, so it's a it's a serious sprain uh, or strain, however you want to call it. Uh, kind of similar to what happened to Joe Burrow yesterday. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, <clears throat> who's angling for a new contract, and he suffers a, a calf spur. Boy, when I saw a video of that, I was like, oh, that's his Achilles, just because it was a non-contact, and he grabbed the back of his leg. Uh, but I think they've... Uh, it could have been worse for Joe Burrow. Yeah, it, said they, it's a calf strain. So Donovan Wilson calf. out. Um, Israel McQuamu has a hamstring, uh, so he's going to be out uh, a couple more days. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Matt Walesco uh, has an illness, and he's missed the first two days of practice. So from an injury standpoint, yeah, the Cowboys... I mean, I know you, you know, going to suffer injuries, but you hate to suffer them when it's non-contact stuff. Yeah, and then Trayvon Diggs was on the side yesterday. So he must be doing his own personal ramp-up. They must not uh, uh, have liked whatever shape he showed up in and make sure that he's uh, ready to go. So he didn't do much the first day after he signed his contract and did uh, rehab-type stuff uh yesterday so we'll see where that goes but again with those guys that gives some young guys an opportunity to get out there and get more snaps yep and and with even with all all the injuries uh, no no matter the severity of it at this point when you're so early in training camp uh you're going to uh, and especially for players that have been on the roster before, uh, you're going to take take the time to make sure that it's right before they go back out there. Now, for guys on the bottom of the roster, they got to play through. You got to power through it, <laughs> right? Yeah, as as uh, I've always been told, especially by the trainers, it's you're not winning the Super Bowl on July 28th, right? So make sure you don't extend the injuries anymore by rushing them back. Uh, but, yeah, you're exactly right. Young guys need to power through. And then the only uh, two other guys not practicing, uh, second-round draft choice, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, still dealing with his foot injury, and Jordan Lewis is on pup uh, trying to recover from his foot surgery. So how much of a setback do you think it is for Luke Schoonmaker being a rookie here? You know, I'm watching him yesterday. And as uh, they were basically going through walkthrough type drills uh, at the end of practice yesterday, but he, you know, you can see him back behind the offense, and he is mimicking everything that the tight end does on a certain play. Right. And so he's getting those. You you can see how he is uh, in tune. He's focused. He is engaged in in every drill mentally, uh, and to the point that he's actually. Uh, sort of slow motion mimicking exactly what the tight end is doing on the play, but how far does it set him back that he's not yeah, actually I, out I there? Yeah, I think any time young guys like that aren't out there, I mean, he needs to get out there. Uh, I don't know if it's a type of thing where he can kind of, because it's plantar fasciitis, you know, power through it or what, but, you know, when, when I'm watching practice, uh, Sean McEwen, who who had been thought to be the, the uh, what, the, the fourth Fourth right with third right receiver, fourth wide receiver is soon in school. Tight end. Tight end. Um, sorry. Uh, you know, he's starting to step up, and they got another guy that's got his hand up in the air, and I know it's only two days, uh, but John Stevens from mm-hmm. uh, Louisiana Lafayette made a nice catch uh, in team drill uh, for a touchdown, and uh, I've, I've heard that it, he's caught their attention. So if nothing else, you know, you don't know if he makes the team. Obviously, he can only keep so many tight ends, uh, but at least the practice squad. So 
that was a good sign when, you, like you said, other guys get an opportunity, uh, and he's taking advantage of his. And uh, so when you look at that depth chart, Peyton Endershot's the other guy that's in there on that depth chart at tight right. end. But I would think with, with a guy like Schoonmaker, him being a second-round draft pick in contrast to what we just said about young players got to power through. Right. He, that's different when you're a draft pick, right. especially they're, they're gonna, second round. Right? Second round <laughs> draft pick, they're gonna they're gonna take their time and right. make sure he's right because he is a valuable asset. Yeah, no, no doubt. But you know that was a position I think people were worried about uh, because uh, they didn't, uh, or I should say, Dalton Schultz didn't want to resign with the Cowboys, as Stephen Jones pointed out in the opening press conference. They offered him a long term deal. Uh, but he was still butthurt that he had to play on the uh, franchise tag the previous season. Butthurt. He, he made like $10 million, right? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, and, uh, well, speaking of injuries, you look elsewhere around the league, and uh, not only J- the Joe Burrow injury, but then Jalen Ramsey goes down right. in the Dolphins camp. You know, the Dolphins, uh, they're kind of the, the hot pick around uh, the – NFL world this year that you know they make that acquisition of Jalen Ramsey and here it is the first week of camp and Ramsey's lost until December it looks yeah, like yeah boy that's that's tough especially when you're in these non-contact drills um, but again I still I mean I understand why they do it do it but I don't get it you do all that work in the off season then you give guys five weeks off. And then you come to camp and expect them to just pick up where they left off. Well, if guys aren't diligent and get back uh, on their own a, a week early and start working out again, uh, that's what happens with these soft tissue injuries. Anything catch your eye the first uh, couple of well, days? Well, let me look here on my my little notepad from practice uh, yesterday. You know, uh, in the press conference, um, Mike McCarthy talked about not using Tony Pollard and Terrence Steele when they went 11-on-11. Well, early in practice, they were out there 11-on-11. And so that's another good sign that they can kind of push those guys a little bit. Talking to uh, Terrence Steele, I I was asking him, I said, so when do you think you're kind of ready to get out there full-time, play some football uh, when the pads come on, and he said, well, it, it's probably a couple weeks, uh, maybe, a, you know, a month. And so, But he felt really good about where he's at. He uh, talked about how he uh, changed his diet, um, and, and it's not that he's lost weight. He said I, he's redistributed his weight. And uh, somebody asked him, so what did you do? He goes, well, I kind of like sweets, so I decided can't eat that. And, and the guy said, what else? He goes, pizza. I just can't <laughs> stop eating pizza. He goes, but I've decided that those things aren't good for me, and especially when I was rehabbing uh, the ACL injury. So uh, he, 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 he looks good. He's moving good. Uh, and without Zach Martin uh, here, so when they get the first-team offensive line out there, it's Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, uh, Biotish, Josh Ball has taken Zach Martin's spot, and then Terrence Steele is out at uh, right tackle. You know what strikes me about these offensive linemen? They are some big guys out there. <laughs> I mean, you can see the draft pr- 
profile uh, that uh, the scouting department has on these offensive linemen. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking not just big, but tall, rangy uh, big guys, you know, with size as well. Which, which reminds me, when Jerry Jones bought the team in 1989, I think he said there were four play offensive linemen in the league that weighed over 300 pounds <laughs> 34 years ago. And well, you won't find four offensive linemen under 300 pounds in any camp now. If you think back <clears throat> to the mid-'80s, Tom Landry didn't want his offensive linemen much heavier than like 270, Two, yeah. right, 260. And that's why when Nate Newton showed up. The kitchen. Who, by the way, is supposed to show up and be with us uh, next week uh, on Mix Shots. Uh, he shows up at about 340, and it was like, oh, my gosh, look how big this guy is. And that was a, a change for Tom to have an offensive lineman uh, that big. So the other thing, uh, with when Steele wasn't out there full time uh, at right tackle, uh, Chuma Adogo was out there. Uh, and I was watching uh, the second team uh, offensive line, and they had Adoga at left tackle. Uh, they had uh, Matt Forniak at left guard, and then the center was Brock Hoffman. T.J. Bass, who they really like, was at right guard, and Alex Taylor Priolu, Priolu, Prelo, Prelo. Uh, was at right tackle. So uh, that's kind of how they were lining up the backup. And you know what? Yeah, somebody would say, well, why is that important? Well, they get, they're going to need some backups, right? And they're going to need some backup interior guys. So it, it bodes well to kind of keep an eye on some of those guys. You know, you mentioned uh, John Stevens Jr. Uh, earlier. Uh, one thing about him, uh, you know, he is the son of a former NFL running back, the late John Stevens, who played with the New England Patriots. Did back. not know that. He also is the brother of Sloan Stevens, the uh, tennis, tennis player. player. Yes. Really? And he went to TCU. But he, he, he wound up at Louisiana Lafayette, uh-huh. but he first was recruited to TCU as a wide receiver, a big wide receiver, 230 pounds out of high school in Louisiana. What is he now? He's two. What, what are they list him at? 245. Okay, yeah. 6'6". Six, six, yeah, he's a big rangy guy. I mean, and you can tell that uh, the coaches really like him, just the way that they're using uh, – it's kind of one of those things, if the, if the coach is talking to you, right. they, they feel like they got a use for you. At but least you they know come, you, if right? You come off the, if you get your one rep and you come off right. the field and they kind of ignore you, that's not so good. Well, with him, uh, they're talking to him, and so I think they, they like what they see out of him. He's going to be a fun guy to watch during preseason games. Well, I'll tell you what. He moves well, and when he runs that uh, kind of uh, pattern down the slot, that's a big man moving down the slot against little guys trying to cover him. Which is what you're looking for in this league. Absolutely. Mismatches. All right, we're just getting started on this edition of uh, Mixed Shots. we got much more to cover. What we've uh, noticed out here on the field the first couple of days and what we can look forward to, and they put on the pads on Monday when Mixed Shots returns in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star? And talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back, back to mixed shots. Cape Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, capepostcompany.com. And this is Mick Shots. It's brought to you by Miller Lite. And more, most appropriately, Mickey Spagnola has donned his Miller Lite shirt today. We have uh, a few of those for things that are sponsored to- TV show that we do, Cowboys Daily, by the way, and uh, it shows uh, every evening uh, on the Blue Star Television Network. Do you realize we started doing these? They're real short, kind of 50-second updates. Uh, in 1998, when we were in Wichita Falls. Oh, wow. And we had a 25 years ago. We had a closet next to the cafeteria. And that's where we started doing the show, <laughs> myself and Scott Purcell, the head of the TV department. And we're still doing them, by the way. Wow. Sponsored it's by... Staying power. And it's uh, sponsored by Miller Lite the <laughs> yeah. whole time? Yeah. Wow. No, not the whole oh. time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we started off with some trucking company, and they wanted me to wear one of those... Those mesh trucking hats, and I said, "No, that, we're we're drawing the line, right? You know how they stand up real high on your head." Right. Well, that was 25 years ago. If that trucking company wanted to sponsor Mickey Spagnola today, he would wear whatever. Yeah, well, they... probably so, right? And then I think it was a a, a a company that made barbecue sauce, and then I think Miller Lite got in the picture. Yeah. All right, uh, Dak Prescott met with the media yesterday. Yes, what'd he did. What did you take from what Dak had to say? Um, you know, 
I, the one thing I, I guess he kind of uh, poked fun at himself the, when uh, he said he was in the meeting room. I guess I don't know if it was the offense or just uh, the the wide receivers running back, but they were talking, and someone was someone brought up who was the oldest guy in the room. And Dak he said, had his head down. He had and, his head down, and, taking and then, notes. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, he said it was when they were on their retreat. Oh, on the retreat. When, That's when right. He took That's the right. seventeen uh, teammates, uh, receivers, tight ends, and running backs outside Atlanta for a little uh, their getaway and their bonding, their right. football, fishing, little and, fellowship. Yeah, and f- there you go. It was. I wish I would have thought of this when I wrote the story last night on the air. It was, I needed another F in there. It was football, fishing, and fellowship. Fellowship. Exactly there you what go. It was. And uh, and so he was he was sitting there, and someone uh, you know, mentioned that thirty uh, year old or who's the oldest guy in the right uh, in the room, and he had his head down taking notes. I guess he brought in speakers and stuff. They did. They had yeah. somebody. Uh, I don't know. An if it organization, was a company organization yeah, that, that was there, which is great. Uh, and so he had his head down in the room, kind of got silent, and they're like, uh, "It's it's you, Dak." Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but he, and he turns thirty tomorrow, right? Uh, and so he's been kidded by. Uh, it was funny yesterday. C.D. Lamb did his uh, interview with all the assembled media out on the field after practice yesterday, and people were asking him if, if he's teasing Dak about turning thirty. And uh, C.D. said, he "Got a broad smile on his face. And said, That's all he's been doing. He's been teasing <laughs> him about it." And then Brandon Cook said that uh, he's got he's got Dak's back because he's about in that same. He's twenty nine. Yeah, he's clo- he's, he's closing in on. 30, he's a right? couple of months behind yeah. Dak on it. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you think of Brandon Cooks as being older than that. I thought so, too. It just no. seems like, well, he's... He's been in the league. What, is this his 10th yeah. year? Am yeah. I right? He was first-round draft pick, number 20 overall in 2014. So it, was, uh, it is his 10th season. Actually, this thing says it's his 11th season. He's going into his 11th. What year did you say he came out? I Maybe I brought, wrote it down wrong. I'm not sure. Uh... 14, and New Orleans picked him 20th overall in 2014 is what I've got. That should be 10, right? Yeah, going into his 10th season. Um, and man, speaking of that, wow. You think he really can run? Good. He good. <laughs> you know, there's some players that switch teams because they are a malcontent. Right. You know, and he's been on a number of teams. Uh, or they don't get along with players, or maybe they don't. Uh, there, there's not a professionalism about them. That is, that is not Brandon Cooks. No. Brandon Cooks is exactly what you want on a football team. Especially uh, a veteran guy that's not afraid. He he's comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't feel threatened. He's helping the young guys out. Uh, just go talk to any of them, and how much Brandon Cooks. Uh, as is it, you know, whatever they want, ask questions, and uh, he helps them out, especially Jalen Tolbert, uh, yeah. who I thought had another nice day catching the ball yesterday. Yeah. Uh, more on Jalen in just a second, but, but Brandon, I remember when Brandon uh, came out of Oregon State, and I he's one of those guys in my big green notebook <laughs> where, where I just and 
just watching videos of him. I mm-hmm. just couldn't stop watching him. And, and there were some workout videos that he had that were posted uh, showing him working out at Oregon State, and, and which was reflected, by the way, at the scouting combine when he ran a 4-3-3-40, had a 38 vertical and a 676 uh, cone drill. Uh, I mean, this kid, this guy – can really fly and now approaching his 30th birthday right uh, he can still fly he says and i believe him that he hasn't lost any of his speed you talk to the wide receiver coaches and they'll they'll tell you you know he he still can scoot uh, and and don't get a misconception that 510 he's just a slot receiver he can play outside and that's the beauty of both he and CeeDee Lamb, uh, inside, outside. And they're trying to develop uh, Jalen Tolbert into that same uh, type of receiver along with Michael Gallup because the, the top three guys are, are pretty interchangeable. So teams don't know where they're going to be. And the beauty of it is, and I noticed this in some of the uh, off-season drills, uh, when they got two guys to one side and one to the other when they're three wide, they can put either of the two guys in motion uh, and, and move to the other side. And, and I think that's going to cause some headaches uh, for some defenses out there. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, what, what is it that you've noticed about him the first couple of days and maybe compare it to what you saw at the beginning of camp last year when he first Well, got you know, the beginning of camp, uh, you, uh, we were pretty impressed with him. Uh, and then it seemed like when the lights come on, he got a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, but number one, uh, when uh, sitting there talking to him uh, back at, at the mini camp, I was just he, physically he's, he's developed. Like, you know how guys make that big jump from their first year to second year when all they have to do is work out in the offseason? Uh, I think he's stronger. Um, the other thing, I think he's mentally tougher. And he seems to be more comfortable running routes and knowing uh, what he has to do. But most of all, catching the ball. And he's made some really nice catches along the sideline. Uh, and, uh, boy, if he can continue to develop and they have four wide receivers like that, uh, they're going to be pretty uh, potent on offense. You know, it's interesting uh you talk about competition, and obviously the top three receivers are set with Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup. But the competition for the fourth and fifth receiver spots on this team is really uh, pretty open. Right. Uh, so, you know, they, they're expecting Simi Fihoko to uh, step up. Uh, unfortunately, and I, I think they, they, they would like to have a role for Turpin. Right. And he's not here yet. Uh, it was uh, back home. Uh, home with the birth of his child, uh, they would, yeah, yeah absolutely, because they can talk about how they can, you know, fit him into the office more than just a gimmick. And if you remember, uh, when they signed him out of the uh, USFL, he was the most valuable offensive player in the league uh, last year, and it wasn't just because of his returns. He, he was one of the leading wide receivers uh, in the league, even at his size. Because what you have to look at, too, is that, you know, Noah Brown has been a part of this team, what, for five years or so. Right. And now he's a Houston Texan. And so there's, a, there's an opening at, at that, in that wide receiver uh, depth chart. Right. That, you know, 
think about number 17 out there, Dennis Houston. I was just going to bring him up. And Dennis Houston, you know, he was the talk of camp last year. And the reason he was the talk of camp last year was because Dak Prescott was talking about right. Dennis Houston so much last and year. He, and he was performing, and, and right? He was performing. And, his, uh, and what Dak liked about him was his work ethic. He'd be in the right spot, you know, and uh, – and he's out here, I'm sure, doing the same stuff this year. And he, you know, having been on the practice squad throughout the year, he's been in the system. You know, he's he's been with he's been here with them for another year. And so I don't discount Dennis Houston if he can contribute on special teams and uh, take on that kind of a wide receiver role that Noah Brown had on special teams. That's where. That's going to be one of the keys in deciding who uh, right who emerges there. And if you or, remember. He was a starter in season opener last year because Michael Gallup wasn't ready, right? And, and if you think about it, how the Cowboys started the season last year, it was CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, and Dennis Houston. Mm-hmm. You think they've improved the wide receiver room? Yeah. <laughs> now that Michael Gallup looks like he's back to being Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, when we were doing your, your deal yesterday, the, the three guys walked by, right? right? And I said, okay, I've named them the new triplets. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's some serious speed with, out with there. With all due respect to the Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah, right. triplets. Yeah, it's a triplet position triplet, right? But, the, but there is another guy in that wide receiver room that uh, the scouts and coaches probably targeted back in April that this might be our Noah Brown. And that is the seventh-round draft pick, Jalen Brooks. Right. And uh, and Noah Brown was the seventh-round draft Was he the guy pick. I looked up and I said, God, that guy is huge. Um, no, that's not him. There was somebody else uh, that, that, that caught my eye. But, yeah, Jalen Brooks, 6'1", 203. Uh, and, and he has uh, at, at times shown up in these first two practices. Now, again – we always have to qualify it because they're not in pads yet. You're, there's no uh, no jeopardy of getting hit catching the ball over the middle. So uh, we'll see how that works well, out. Well, here's the other week. thing on Jalen Brooks and why I bring this up as a guy who would be, and maybe scouts looked at him as a guy who might be that Noah Brown type uh, right. that can play special teams and also wide receiver. When he went, uh, well, he was at South he, he was at South Carolina, but prior to that, he was at North Carolina, and he was a converted linebacker. No way, from linebacker to wide. So he has experience tackling football players. Well, <laughs> and that will be important. And you know, they'll tell you even um, in the running back room, right? Special teams is going to be very important to figure out how many of those guys uh, they uh, can keep, especially uh, for. The fullback, uh, Luke, uh, Le- Luke, Le- I can't say it, Lepke? Is Hunter it? Lepke. Hunter Lepke. <laughs> uh, I mean, he to make it as a fullback and create another spot in that running back room, he's got to be pretty good in special teams. Yep, that's right. All right, we continue with more mixed shots brought to you by Miller Lite on a beautiful Friday morning in Oxnard in a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To shots. The official 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine training camp preview is now available. This year's edition features scouting reports, position analysis, a pullout schedule poster, and articles from your favorite Cowboy writers. Get your training camp preview today at DallasCowboys.com slash star. Uh, and Mick Shots brought to you by Miller Lite continues. Now, let me clarify on Jalen Brooks because uh, I misspoke uh, from what my notes, which I couldn't read in my oh, little no. notebook here. Uh, he went to Wingate University in North Carolina. In North Carolina. At not UNC, gotcha. the Tar Heels, uh, which is a Division II school so where he was converted linebacker. Up. And then he uh, he transferred to Tarleton State after that. He spent a year at Tarleton State oh, really? in Stephenville, which is uh, near the Dallas-Fort Worth area, before transferring to uh, South Carolina for his uh, senior and super senior uh, seasons. Uh, so there's there you go on Jalen Brooks. Um, all right. Uh, opening ceremonies tomorrow here. It's right. Be, you, well, you don't have to get here early because you're already living on the premises here. But I remember uh, last year and in previous years, uh, opening ceremonies, because I stay in a hotel off campus. And typically, you mosey over here. Uh, you know, if uh, McCarthy's having his press conference at 
10.45. I like to get here by about 9 or so, 9.30, you know, an hour or so ahead of time. Not like when you show up for mix shots whatever. at the Star and show up for yeah, a, like two minutes. What, 11 o'clock show. He shows up at 10.58. Yeah. He, he well, and I, Everson Wallace, well, I, I, I know that I can be pretty confident that I can get in the building and everything fine there. I'm telling you. The line of cars on Saturday opening ceremonies morning is unbelievable out here on what would be Ventura right. Boulevard out here. Uh, I mean, it line they don't open the gate the the parking lot gate probably until you know ten o'clock in the morning, and I'm, I, I'm told that they start lining up before the sun comes up in the morning. But and if, actually, I did a little <laughs> Twitter uh, video of it. As I was driving, I just pulled my iPhone out, and as I was driving, I, fortunately, the media we get to go around that we don't have to stand in, in, right. in the line. That the line had to stretch at least a mile down the road. I mean, it was unbelievable how many people are just. Uh, when they put the pads on, Bill, and I take my morning bike ride, and if I go that way, and when I'm coming back, and it's like seven thirty eight, the gates don't open till like. 10:30. I I count the cars yeah. that I pass because they're pulled over on the side of the road waiting to get in, and even when I go out and when I go out it's like 6:30. There's five or six cars there and they're tailgating breakfast out there. I I went by one morning and it was at least two or three hours, probably three hours before the gates opened, and I counted like 25 cars already lined up, <laughs> and they're all out there talking to each other because it's, it's like to, they're the like tailgating people. before a game. Yeah, and they want to be the first ones in, so when they get to the grandstand, prime position, yeah. Well, and you, you do that, but you can get in prime position, whether it be in the grandstand or along the fence, right, where you can be in position to get your autographs or whatever. Or parking up close, too. Yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah, it is amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, and they've made it now here uh, where it's it's very fan-friendly as far as, you know, they've got a stage set up back there. When, when Nate gets here, he'll hold court back right. on the stage or on the other side of the grandstand over there. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, concession stands, souvenir stands set up. And there's uh, so it, it becomes a pretty good little uh, – a place to bring the kids and a social setting as well. Um, so, you know, I get people back home and say, uh, you know, oh, you're going out to training camp. I need to, to bring the family out there, whatever. And I would highly recommend it um, because um, because there, there's, I think there's something for, for all, everyone to enjoy coming out here. And it's, it's a laid back And atmosphere. it's not just football practice. Yeah, and it's free. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you're coming over here. Unless you want to get in the, the big uh, uh, platform they set up uh, against the wall there. Uh, one year, and I'd been coming out here for all those years, uh, I believe it was summer of 2016, came out here for a week vacation before training camp just because I wanted to do all the stuff you can do that we can't get away to do during, uh, during training camp. It, it's a great area. And by the way, I need two shout-outs. One, uh, my, my sunglasses fell off the doorknob on the tile floor and it cracked one of the arms, right? Okay. And I tried balancing it, right, and it, it just wouldn't work. So I, I went, uh, I ended up uh, at Sam's, uh, went to their optical and said, 
is there any chance you've got frames that'll fit my prescription lenses because I've got a doctor's appointment when I get back and I didn't want to get new lenses and then they say, oh, we're changing the prescription. So the lady pulled a couple of them off the wall and tried fitting them in there. They didn't work. She goes, just give me a second. She made one phone call. She made another phone call and found a store that had the same brand of sunglasses. And I was like, well, how nice is that, right? Uh, and I just told her, you just went beyond. And then I went and got them, and now I'm back in business. The other thing is my first day here, took my first bike ride, mm-hmm. had a flat tire. <laughs> flat tire. And we had the show, right? Uh-huh. I had to walk back, and I got back about 20 minutes before we started the show. Craig Miller uh, at the ticket. Here's a big cyclist. A huge cyclist. He goes, oh, go get a go get a, a tube, and I'll, I'll change it in five minutes. And I said, what do you mean? I said, it takes longer. He goes, I'll change it in five minutes. So yesterday, I, I, I brought it over, and uh, in their break at the crosstalk, he started changing my tire. Wow. And he about finished before... Uh, they got off the air. So he was on the air doing a, uh, an in-service on changing a flat tire. So I mean, Craig thank- is one of those types. I mean, he, he uh, I mean, he's rode in events, right? I oh, mean, yeah. He's, he's a, well, when he comes out here, there's a road that goes up off the 101 to Ojai. It's yeah. kind of up elevation. He rides up it. When he, I did it, I went up and I rode down. Uh, he, he went one year. He went to France. Yeah. And just rode his bike around France like he was in the French Open. He takes I mean, it French, to Europe a couple <laughs> not times. The, yeah, the French Open. Yeah, the French Open. <laughs> yeah, and he played tennis. He went to Rolling Garros and played Tour tennis. To the, the Tour de France. <laughs> not the French Open. The French. <laughs> yeah. So he he probably went to Rolling Garros and went on the clay court as well. And he's and he's bike. he's such an avid biker <laughs> that he's got all the tools to change a tire too. So shout out to Craig. All right, uh, all right. Shout out in our final five minutes here uh, to what's going to happen uh, come Monday when they put the pads on. Yeah. Who you're going to have your eye on uh, when they put the pads on on Monday? The kicking contest competition that's not what i was expecting sure. they, they can do a kicking competition without pads on no because they're no. going to be behind the line okay they're going to use the deep snapper the whole the, that's new by the way yep. uh the holder and, and then the two kickers and uh it's a, a a very interesting story uh having signed on i believe it was july 10th uh brandon aubrey uh a soccer player mm-hmm. played professional soccer uh, kind of burned out on soccer, told me he went, uh, kind of went home and decided he needed to get a normal job. He had just gotten married. He said, I needed to uh, make some money to support my wife. And uh, he said within two months he got bored with this office job, right? Uh, it was, uh, uh, he was a software uh, expert or whatever for a financial firm. And uh, so... He said he was sitting there watching football one day, uh, and his wife said, you know what, you should try that. Mm-hmm. You, you kick the ball so well, you should try it. So he goes out and kind of messes around, and he goes, you know what, maybe we get this an opportunity. Calls around, and he ends up going uh, to the John Carney kicking camp, right? So Carney ends up being his kicking coach. Well, here's how things work out. John Carney went to 
Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. That's where Aubrey went and played soccer. John Carney was there when Lou Holtz became the head coach at Notre Dame. And for one year, he, uh, his son, Skip Holtz, walked on to the football team. <laughs> wow. Okay? Now, let's go forward. And when uh, Aubrey couldn't find, he tried out for a couple NFL teams uh, on that kicking caravan. He ends up with a job in the USFL, the Birmingham Stallions, the head coach, it's Skip Holtz. Where's the walk-on from Notre Dame? Right. So <laughs> the connection between John Carney and Skip Holtz, when they overlap two, uh, uh, one year at Notre Dame, uh, Skip says, okay, I need a kicker. Let's bring this guy in. So he gets his start in Birmingham. First year makes 14 of 15. Uh, no, the, the second year, 14 of 15. Uh, and Chris Bonio, the Cowboys' former kicking coach and kicker, uh, was the coach, the kicking special teams coach. So all these connections. And then Daryl Johnston is the head of the uh, league, basically. Of the league, right. <laughs> and John Fossil said that, you know, uh, I mean, Bonio told me Fossil came and scouted the game. And the Cowboys kept saying, we're going to look everywhere, right, even other leagues. Well, in the back of their mind, they knew they were going to sign this guy. Uh, and then when the U.S. They had to wait for a season over, to end. And of course, they, they win the, they championship. the championship. They went all the way until July first right. playing right. games. And so they got him signed, and now here he is. And it's uh, for we now. Should've, we should have been able to figure this out. Brand, yeah, right. You know, when when we go through OTAs and the mini camp, and they still haven't brought in a second kicker, and they've got these veteran guys out there, especially since that they are did still the, out there, Bill. The, right, especially since. They did the same thing with Kevante Turpin last year. Exactly. Who played in the USFL and was the MVP. And, okay, so – and we even sat there and – I watched for a little bit the USF, and it crossed my mind. I need to watch the kickers here, and I didn't even bother to do it. Right. Well, <laughs> and I watched that championship game that he was kicking uh -huh. in, and it didn't cross my mind, right? And, and uh, uh, John Fossil told me, he goes, we already had that. By the time that game was played, it, it was, was a done deal. It was just a matter of waiting and doing all the paperwork you have to do to sign guys out of the USFL. Uh, he likes them. He thinks, uh, number one, uh, he's, he's talented. Number two, uh, he has the right demeanor to be a professional football kicker, right? So now it's a matter of just going out and competing and being able to deal with the pressure. And not only that, but the wind that blows at, on this field, and they've created even a bigger wind tunnel uh, with the construction next the <laughs> high, the, 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 You've the tested two floors. No, no, I was watching it, and somebody was pointing to me. You can see what it was doing to the trees way up high okay. <laughs> because you can't feel it on the field. That stuff you don't get just That's anywhere, right. but on mixed shots. Brought to you by Miller Lite. And uh, Nate's going to join us next week? Next week. He'll be here. All right. Nate Newton on his way here to Oxnard because he doesn't care about any of this stuff until they put the pads on. That's all he worries and about. We'll, we'll put the pads on next week on uh, Mix Shots. Have a great weekend in the meantime. And the break is coming up in just a bit. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!